0: Yeah, I wonder if you, to to get exposure to the 95 plus crowd, should you just walk around rob and run with like a boom box
1: and just like. Like just say like anything it? style, like just like, yeah, exactly, you know, just outside their yes. windows. But see, the thing yes. is, here's the problem. You have to like stop by like 8 p.m., you know, because they're all going to sleep at that point. You don't want to like piss them off. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like so. Like after dinner, like around five, but before. Or what we do is we pay.
0: uh, Well, I guess kids don't have. Nobody delivers the paper anymore, right? Well, I mean, people deliver the paper, but it's not kids. We have the anyway the paper delivery guy. Yeah, we have adults there at five o'clock in the morning.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, when all the the old people are awake, hit them in the morning. So then they're thinking about it all day. They're talking about it. At their, uh, you know, four o'clock dinner and whatnot. Well, I think, you know. I think the, the Rob
1: and Run community would definitely um, be appreciative of, of the uh, Pacer talk. But I think this probably, if we want to go, uh, you know, worldwide, we got to uh, pay people to do this in, um, you know, housing communities and nursing homes all over the world. But with, well, sure. but with under Google-ables, right? Because it's not Pacer-specific. Mm. I think that's probably how we take off. So just 5 a.m., you're getting fun facts for 7 to 12 yep. minutes. Oh, and they would love that stuff. Yeah. And then they could talk about it all day. Yep. Uh, th- who I knew, who knew so. just desserts was actually just deserts, you know? I mean, now they know. Mm. We didn't know before.
2: Lots of orca talk. <laughs> lots of uh, seafaring things.
1: Course races. Uh, Shakespeare, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Falconry, that's right, Falconry I don't know. this is actually not a bad idea uh I don't know we, we, you know you, it's not a good idea. well, used to you find newsies, you know you you talked about the newspaper guys um I don't know how we're gonna connect with it there's just much less newspaper. Can we get like street urchins, you know little Sure, <laughs> like they're still around. they're still around, right oh. kids living in the gutters. Flip them a dime, and they just hold up the boombox. Thanks, Mister.
0: Extra, <laughs> so, extra. Read all about it.
2: Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Y'all m- don't watch us play throughout the year. To tell you the truth. We- <laughs> I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) fine. That train is off the track.
0: (laughs) I feel like you you can't just, like, jump through Neptune and be
2: okay. What the show needs is more dogs and bears (laughs) and (laughs) chickens and (laughs) stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch of Undebeatable Goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is June 18th, 2023, and this is episode 655. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials. This show, we're going to discuss the NBA Finals, some trades going on, and preview the draft that's coming up here real soon. Joining me this show are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett.
0: What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. And shout out to Juneteenth. Hopefully uh, people are actually getting that day off to uh, celebrate and uh, reminisce,
2: think deeply about things. Shout out. Shout out. And from Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up,
1: Pacer Nation? What is up Undebeatables? Uh Yeah, shout out Juneteenth. Uh, was just reminded uh, that this is a national holiday. This is only uh, what two year, year two or year three? Like this is a
2: this is a huge deal. Twenty twenty one was the first the first yeah year.
1: first uh, federal holiday since the eighties or something. Like this is a this is a really wonderful thing, and I'm excited about it. And I think that it will be something. Um, that becomes a part of uh, the woven fabric of our uh, American culture. Um, And I'm just really excited about that. Uh, Also, yes, uh, happy Father's Day uh, to my father specifically, but all the undefeatable fathers. And
2: uh, shout out to street urchins.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Shout out. Um, Yeah, I want to say, of course, happy Father's Day. Um, But also... Yeah, so I, I went to, you know, before we get into the show, I just had come from the, we went to the Fever game today, and it was fantastic. Um, it was also, you know, there was there was uh, Father's Day stuff, but there was also, uh, you know, the the bigger sort of focus or for, for the organization was around Juneteenth. They had a special Juneteenth uh, uh, T-shirts and, and other uh, uh uh, events during you know the game the, the things that were recognized so um, it was awesome i got to see you know you know we're going to talk about some draft uh, draft picks later but uh, the 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 fever have had some pretty high draft picks recently and these young players are, are awesome i got to see Aaliyah uh, yeah, boston play boston, and uh, boy she was just she was uh, i think she had like 13 points in the first half and was just you know just bullying her just getting just getting what she wanted nice. you know, she was amazing I think she ended up with uh, 19 or, or, or more and, and um, you know there's there's some good there's some good players on this on this team they've had trouble that closing that the games team win? they lost it was close they played Atlanta and they, they lost by just a couple uh, there was a you know they were kind of playing catch up the whole game, but but they they really made a good run at it in the fourth quarter, and that's where they've had most of the trouble this season. It's been in the fourth quarter, uh, but but they uh, they they came storming back and, and almost got there, but yeah the the problem was uh, I think Atlanta was like close to sixty percent shooting from the floor for the day, and and the Fever were like forty. You know low 40s so. well
1: uh, you know execution is a problem with young teams uh, I, I watched uh, the fever it was a couple of weeks ago now um, uh, they had a nationally televised game and they were playing the uh, the aces who had just come off a title and uh, yeah uh, took them you know toe to toe and just lost at the, yeah. down the stretch so um, these are um, you know that's the seasoning you need before you become good.
2: So. mm-hmm but yeah, yeah, uh, you know, basketball fans, there's, uh, there's, there's seats available. Get out there; it's a good time, and uh, you know the the field house is is you know gorgeous, and uh, you know, there's you know there's not a bad seat in the house. There's they're running a, I think the whole season in the at the club level, it's like kids under five uh, drink for they're free, just free. At the, <laughs> <laughs> I think they get in for free. Okay. okay. Uh,
1: uh, designated driver's trick for free.
2: <laughs> but I think it's you know if you've got young kids, it's it's cheap. You know, cheaper. Uh, so, But it's definitely a good time. Well, before we get into the rest of the show, I'd like to remind listeners that they can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables and support our show... For as little as a dollar per month well gentlemen i know the last couple you know the 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 playoffs have finally concluded you know we've been talking about them for for a good while now and uh you know they they ended the way it looked like it was gonna end and the nuggets uh sealed the deal <coughs> giving them their their title looking good along the way i just saw something they were 16 and 4 you know, across these playoffs, they're, they're, you know, very dominant. They're, they're, uh, they just had a, a fantastic run. Any, uh, uh, Jason, I'm going to hear, like, do you have any, uh, you know, final commentary on, on that series and just the, the Nuggets run as a whole this year?
0: Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that it will be interesting to see where this run gets placed in historical context because, you know, 16 and four is a, Pretty dominant sort of run through the playoffs. They really were never threatened in any, you know, the closest they got threatened was in that Phoenix series. It was two to two at one point. Uh, and that was thanks to, you know, astronomically historic performances from Devin Booker uh, and Kevin Durant in a couple of games. And, you know, they withstood those and, and went on with it. You know, if you look at Jok- uh, Jokic's numbers through the playoffs in 20 games he averaged 30 points a game 13.5 rebounds a game 9.5 assists per game a steal and a block on 55% shooting from the floor 46% shooting from three-point range and 80% shooting from the line I mean that's historic numbers he was the first player ever to lead uh, the playoffs in total points assists and rebounds uh, no, nobody ever has done that before. Wilt Chamberlain didn't even do that, which is just eh, an insane statistic. So, and and really also uh, adjusts for the hyperinflation of points. So, if you wanted to argue like, oh, point, you know, statistics are drunk this season, like it's still everybody's playing on the same page, and he did more than everyone else. Yeah, I thought it was just. I mean, it's a beautiful brand of basketball to watch. I thought it was great to see. Uh, how emotional Jamal Murray was um, on the stage accepting the the trophy and getting interviewed. And, you know, it's been a long road back for that guy. He's missed the last two playoffs, and you know, uh, really was you know, were, were it not for Jokic's absolute brilliance, would have been the MVP of that series. And just the juxtaposition of <laughs> with Jokic uh, getting the the Finals MVP award and just. Sort of raising it like a like a beer. Just like, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Put it down and then walked away. Like, didn't even take it with him. It was just like, whatever. These things don't matter. So, you heard the story uh, that he lost it for a little bit, right? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't. That makes sense. <laughs> so like, he left it
1: in his room or something. Like, and he just had no idea where it was. And like, there was this whole thing of trying to track it down. But uh, apparently just a trainer had decided to get it detailed because there was, you know, Champagne and fingerprints All of it, whatever, but like he had no idea Where it was and didn't care (laughs) He's
0: amazing. And uh, Both Jill and I were very impressed With his daughter who was I don't know, a little over a year It seemed like maybe or something And was just as stoic as could possibly Be in the midst of Confetti everywhere and Literally hundreds of people running around On the court and uh, She's just like, yeah,
1: cool all this right. is how We're, we do things.
0: Just like your dad. Just like whatever. Um, so yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was a great finals. I think uh, Denver uh, is for sure the the deserving champ this season. Um, so, and and kudos to the Heat who made that game five an absolute rock fight. And uh, kudos to the refs who you know came up with a phantom foul on Jimmy Butler uh, to give him three free throws. And then went and reviewed it, and still gave him the three free throws uh, to cut it to one with like a minute left, and then Denver was still able to withstand the uh, okay. The charge. I, I
1: get it. I know that he uh, kicked uh, Aaron Gordon in the nuts. He kicked Aaron Gordon in the I balls, know, and Aaron Gordon got called. I know. The I know, field. but but he didn't come down cleanly, and you got to have a free landing space. It was a bad call, but like if you go back, but Aaron Gordon didn't land in his landing. It was it was close enough to the landing space that. If he, I think it was enough that you couldn't overcall it. You couldn't overturn it. You don't make that call to begin with. You don't make it in yeah, the first place. But but yeah. once there's there's enough of his feet in the area, you're right. You probably should have called an offensive foul. Let's see. It's an offensive foul. Right. He
0: flailed his legs. Right, but like, the
1: way that he falls is close enough to Aaron Gordon's feet. Whatever. I don't know. You're right. They, it was they, a, clearly it was the annoying. fix was in. It like, was I agree. Like, Come on. But like you know, um. But they was still it, it wasn't, so it it wasn't so yeah, so egregious that I mean, like if if the heat had come back and won the title on it, you know maybe we think of it as the uh, four point play, you know against the Knicks. but uh, you know, it was it was not enough to deter uh, the Nuggets who were the best team in the league, pretty much all year, um, they, they faded a little bit after the All-Star break, but uh, they were so far in the lead that maybe they just got disinterested. Um, the best team won this season, you know, and that's what you want. Um, yep. I love the story of the eight seed Miami Heat getting there. Um, it, I think it made it interesting. Um, they're a feisty group, but yeah, nobody was going to beat this Nuggets. I don't care if the bucks got through or the Celtics got through. This was, this was the best team in the league and they won. So congrats to them. I'm happy for that city. Uh, I'm happy for those guys, Mike Malone or, I'm sorry, Michael Malone or Mikey, as he <laughs> said on the parade route. Um, and uh, yeah, for an Aaron Gordon who you know was you know in obscurity in Orlando and now is like considered a great role player, and you know, if he wins a few more titles, you know, can start talking about a Hall of Fame career maybe because he you know got a couple, uh, NBA nods and want to, you know, I don't know. Like it's just, it, this was a career altering for a couple people, uh, particularly, um, Jokic, um, who now, now that he has a finals MVP and a title moves into a very small group of people. Um, he's yep. got two MVPs already. Um, he's putting up historic numbers. I mean, this guy has to be talked about in a, you know, a top 20, top 15 conversation maybe at this point. Um, and then Jamal Murray, who went from being, a off injured, you know, not pure point guard to the, you know, perfect compliment to the best big man in the league. Uh, that changes his career as well. So congratulations to everybody, uh, in Denver.
0: Are you, uh, or I, are either of you, uh, put off by the, the, uh, bravado of Michael Malone specifically. And, uh, the nuggets in general saying that they you know you know now we want to we're a dynasty we want to be a dynasty that's our next goal we're we're not going to win just two or three we're going for a bunch more
1: uh, no i no, I'm, I'm not at all i mean i think i think as, okay. as as a coach i think what you say to your team is all right here's here's the hard part we gotta um create a culture uh, we've got to make the playoffs and then we got to win uh, a first round and then we got to win a second round and then we got to win a third round and then we got to win a title and then we want to win forever. Like, I think you just mm-hmm. have to build up your team to believe that you're invincible. And uh, no, I mean, look, dynasties are really hard. Winning championships are really hard. Um, you know, 10 teams in the NBA have never won a title. Like it's, it's really difficult. I think he should make his team believe that whether it happens next year I mean, should they be the favorites going into next year? Sure. Um, yes, absolutely. But, you know, and I think they're going to be, if they keep, I and mean, their contracts, their top four together Michael Porter Jr., Jokic, uh, Gordon, and uh, Jamal Murray are all together for the next few years. I mean, I think that puts them with a chance to win two or three titles. Sure. Will it happen? Who knows? But I think you always should believe that you can. And so I have no I have nothing against it. Well, certainly, certainly, I agree with that. You can, yeah. but I,
0: I just thought it had shades of the uh, not LeBron one, James, not two, not, you know, three, not, three, none, not four. Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, yes. I get it, but the thing is, is, those guys hadn't won anything at that point. Like that's they a good point. won. That they won a, a title. And like, hey, like we'd like to come back and do this again. You know, essentially yeah, is that's how I heard it. you right. so. Okay, <clears throat> I like it.
2: Yeah, I like the. I like the. You know, the confidence in, in that. And, and that, yeah, I mean, that's that's a goal to shoot for. You know, and if you, you know, I think it's good messaging to y- your guys, you know, that like, they, you know, you're going to come back with essentially the same group next year, hopefully. And it's a good message to them. It's like, hey, we're, you know, we weren't shooting for long. We want to come back and do this again. And, right.
1: Not, hey, we uh, barely got through this. This, uh, we're not that good. That was fun. Uh, this is the highlight of your career. You know, like you don't want to do that, especially at a parade. You know. No, that's, fa- that's yeah, fair.
0: That's
1: yeah, yeah. fair. That's fair. So, uh, I with with Jokic, as long as he stays healthy, I you just always have a chance. This guy is so special, and again, um, you know, working his way into a pantheon of really special players.
2: Absolutely.
1: If you
0: are uh, bored at any time, just watch a, a YouTube clip of jokic highlights like you know assist from this season or crazy assists or what. it's just it, it's just so beautiful to watch
1: the, the i think the question uh that always gets asked is do the people on the floor make other people better and you know he just does he makes everyone around him better and he doesn't care about the accolades and he doesn't there's no he's just he just wants to play the per you know the perfect game or the perfect sport or have the perfect pass and you know it's just it's it's crazy you know and I don't know how this is going to resonate I don't know if he becomes a you know a popular player you know I mean he won't yeah
0: I mean cuz he doesn't like to be in the limelight and in, you know I think there's two factors going on one is um in America we like extroverts uh, sure, it's uh, he, just a thing. It a thing we like characters and personalities and you know the especially the media who you know curates all of these conversations. For sure, um, and the other thing is he's not American, so mm-hmm. I think there is a, yeah. a small element of you know this, he didn't come. He, it's harder to identify, I guess, with him, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's seven foot whatever it is. That. Five. Yeah, it, yeah it makes him. Uh, he's not that tall, is he? But um, seven three. Regardless, I don't know, he's huge.
1: He's just. He's also yeah. like. Doesn't make him very identifiable.
0: Yeah. Um, not a lot of guys see themselves in uh, uh
1: Bill Simmons calls him our doughy Serbian king, which I think is pretty good. It <laughs> <laughs> is pretty good.
2: All right. Well. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see next season, but uh, I mean. I just can't imagine them being anything else, besides you know the 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 ones to be next year. But the only way I think that we might have something like that is uh, if some pieces move around. Mm. And we actually got some news on on some, and I think that Phoenix they might be a contender. They they're gonna have this came out today, but uh, we saw news that. Recently, the, the Chris Paul was going to be waived. Uh, now there's talk uh, that uh, Paul, uh, Landry Shamit, and some second-round picks and some maybe some pick swaps are going to go to the Wizards uh, for the untradeable Bradley Beal, okay. who, who waived his no-trade clause. Uh, Colson, what do you think about this?
1: I don't know how I feel about this. like... Look, I get why Phoenix is trying to get off of Chris Paul. We talked about this, I think, last week. Um, it's an exorbitant number for a guy who's declining. And I, we know that Booker can play some point. He's a good ball-handling guard. I don't know. You could play a three-guard lineup. if you, I just don't know what the plan is. I know that Beal is a shooter, but he shoots like 30% from the floor. He's. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, from the three-point range. He's always injured, and um, you know he plays like fifty games a season. Um, His his team hasn't won more than forty-two games, like ever. I I just don't know how Phoenix thinks this is the answer to a question that's being asked. He's gonna make fifty million dollars a year to be what? I mean, Max Struess? Like, I just don't. I'm not sure what the point of this is outside of. A new ownership that um, went ahead and traded for Kevin Durant um, and says, you know, we're going to make big moves. And that's brilliant. Yes, you pay whatever you have to pay to get Kevin Durant. You now have Booker and Durant. I just don't know how Beal is the answer to any questions still left. Um, And it seems like way too much money. And look, it's not my money. You can spend it. But you're also going to put yourself in a tax bracket with the second apron, where you can't actually make basketball moves at some point. This seems like a terrible plan, Um, and i I think the only reason it would be done is because you've got brand new ownership that thinks they're making a splash with a third All NBA player.
0: Right, and somebody that believes that Bradley Beal is that right? You know, is the guy that you know just. What two three years ago averaged you know
1: thirty points a game? Uh, you don't and... need people to score more points on this team. Uh, Durant and Booker just put up eighty five points a game in the playoffs. It wasn't enough to win that series. Yeah, and
0: that wasn't sustainable, right? Like yeah. you, do, they do need a third scorer, I would say. And I, I think that the concern. I, I agree with your concerns about sort of the backcourt and who's running the show. But I. I think that you don't necessarily need that. You don't need a point guard when you have three guys that can create their own shot. Um, so you just like and play, let Booker play for run their people.
1: the point, and then Beal coming off screens, and Durant doing the same or thing, or
0: just like flip flop it, like yeah. whoever you know, wants to bring the ball up. KD starts the the action, sure, okay. when Beal starts it. And I mean, I think you're underselling Beal's ability to create his own shot. I mean, oh, I didn't. He, I
1: didn't yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah.
0: Well, so. From the, from the sense that of like sort of dogging on his uh, three point shooting, which is true, he's not a great three point shooter, but he he is an elite scorer. Yeah, for sure. Like he can get buckets. I just think we and, think of him as a three point shooter, and he's actually right. Not exactly. Not good I, I agree. I agree. It's a misnomer of how his game yeah. is yeah. is played. Um. So I don't know. I mean, this is great for the Wizards to get off of this Bradley Beale contract because, you know, he basically demanded a trade out like we've been seeing this coming down the road in washington for the past four years mm-hmm. it was like he's gonna stay here until he gets his max extension ultra max extension and we're gonna give it to him and then he's gonna ask to leave <laughs> and this is basically exactly what's happening mm-hmm. and uh he's he's out of here so i i mean the trade details are still being worked out seems like they're gonna try to Bring in a third team to take on Chris Paul's contract um, and maybe get some draft capital back from that. I mean, it seems like the, the Wizards are under new, uh, they have a new general manager and it seems like the idea is to reboot and just blow it up and reset instead of being a, uh, you know, 38 win play in team or play on play in border team. So they, they um, do
1: they uh, rebuild around Kuzma is that this plan?
0: I think they rebuild around draft picks. A brand new thing. Yeah, but yeah I, I don't think no nobody on the roster is either trying to build their own.
1: So as a as a uh, I mean, you know, you live in the area, a Wizard fan would be a, a strong statement, but do you have a preference about how this goes? Do you think it should burn I mean, it to I, the ground? At I mean, I think point?
0: they need to Yes.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, because like you said, Beal has been their best player and he only plays 60 games a year, if that. And he gets some 40 wins. Right, exactly. And they don't win. Yeah. So it's been a, a huge mess around here. They've done very suspect things many, many times over. And I think that, that the fan base here is very excited that there's new a new general manager. Um, who has had a, some level of a track record of success before in rebuilding teams? Yeah, Michael Winger uh, with the Clippers, and then previously with the Cavs and OKC. Uh, so he kind of built the the Clippers roster. That
1: uh, that's currently involved, or was he part of the uh, um, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, like? How... He was the guy that traded Blake Griffin. Away. Oh, okay. So basically, he
0: created the yep. new Clippers. Correct.
1: Whew, all right. Good luck with that.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, it's so this at least is, he again, did stuff, of, though, and he got talent. Right. Exactly, yeah. and and was willing to get off of talent right. that maybe had wasn't the right fit or beyond their prime sure. or whatever. Um, and got Kawhi Leonard for too much money and Paul George for too much money. Right. Yeah. But in a vacuum, like. You do it, it every time. Those were all pretty it. shrewd You do it every moves, time. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Um, so we'll see. I think that, yeah, the hard reset, though, is what's needed here. They need
1: to bottom out for at least a year and then see what they got after well, that. Well, they need to keep their own picks. I'll tell you that. Because they're not going to be real good without Peel. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Although everybody loves uh, Chris Tapp Porzingis, uh, I think uh, – Joey, you've got a poster on your ceiling, right? Porzingis poster?
2: Well, it's a unicorn
1: poster. Okay, yeah, yeah, but. yeah. Okay, I get confused because, you know, he's a unicorn, unicorn poster. Yeah, and all kind of blended together. To, to go back to the Sun side
0: of this thing, it's like they now have four guys on varying levels of max contracts. So they're gonna have next season 163 million dollars in salary committed to Booker, Durant, Beal, and don't forget DeAndre Ayton, who they which we did, did to the them, roster. by the way.
2: I did forget we offered
1: him that, and they, had they did round. it to themselves. Well, they matched. Though. They matched. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is why. This is my point. This is stupid. Do not do this. Bradley Beal is not worth this kind of pain. Like you're trying to get I mean, off knows, you, you cut Chris Paul. And if you have to, you pay half his salary. Or you trade him and you get some money. But, like, you can't take back $50 million. This is insane. Again, it's not my money. But at some point, you're going to stop being able to do basketball things. Right. You know? I just don't think Bradley Beal is the answer to any question that anybody's ever asked. No. He's certainly not. And I feel do. like Phoenix has a chance to be a contender with by, like, putting legitimate role players around freaking Durant and Booker that's all you need right well what what
0: certainly with this level of talent they're gonna win a lot of games next year Mm -hmm. and they will be in a position after the trade deadline to attract a lot of buyout guys
1: excellent point unless you can't Uh, get buyout guys because you're into the second hard apron or some bullshit whatever it is Sure. I mean, true. this is—I just don't understand what they're doing. This is this is nonsense, and it should stop. I'm happy for you as a Wizards fan that they you can get out of Beal, but like, I think Phoenix is did a took a huge risk midseason, put themselves in contention, take a year or two, build up solid veterans and 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 role players, and get off the Chris Paul contract and bring in a you know a steady point guard. You know, and then, you know, win a title. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing by bringing in Bradley Beal? This is insane. I'm a hard out, and, um, but, um, there is a spot uh, on the paces for Bradley Beal if you'd like. <laughs> That's it. That was a joke. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking that. I, now, Joe, we will talk about this in the next segment, but, um, the Pacers are open to um, bringing a big wing for their draft pick. Um, I don't think Bradley Beal the right answer, but I think there's some guys out there.
2: We do tell we got the, some some trade rumors, which you know are just that. But there's uh, shout out to to Mike Morrow who, who keeps uh, keeps us in the loop. We posted something today in the in the Slack about uh, uh, Pacers eyeing high level wing players in exchange for the number seven pick. You know, and I, I, I you know, the, the seven pick is, you know, you're generally, generally, you feel like you're going to get somebody useful out of that seven pick, uh, somebody who, you know, should be an impact player pretty quickly, and, uh, but you know, the the, the Drafted players take a little time to to develop. You know, and I, I, if the Pacers do feel like they have enough young talent now that's developing, Jason, like, do you feel like, you know, you might want to, you know, trade that draft pick away for a player who's ready to, to you know, drop in and, and, and start help winning games, you know, right away?
0: Yeah, I mean, so... Yes and no. I mean, I feel like for the right player, then, yeah. Like, I feel like the, the there are elements of this roster that are close to being competitive at an NBA level, like for lower tier of the playoffs or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be great. My concern is, with this rumor, is who is the impact wing that the Pacers are going to be able to... Uh, lure away from a team to with with the the carrot of the number 7 pick in a draft that's 3 players deep like i just don't know who that person is like the best i could think of would be i mean in a in a situation where where people are you know trying to in a situation where a player is disgruntled And that team is trying to Not necessarily Rebuild but like Isn't on the cusp of competing Right away and would want a number 7 pick And the closest I could get Is The Bulls and Zach Levine Like maybe they Would be interested in that kind of a deal Mm. Or Mm -hmm. But outside of that I'm, I'm hard pressed Like it's not a big enough price to get You know guys like zion that are you know disgruntled or um you know anthony uh or not uh, yeah anthony edwards is like off the table for sure and like i just don't know who the who the person is that they're thinking of and when i look at the roster it was surprising to me that they wanted a wing because if there's anything that we have on this roster in spades it is wings out
1: the butt. Yeah, it's kind of kind of like, like a, threw a grenade at all the wings, isn't it? They're like, we need a <laughs> we, yeah, we, <laughs> we need a hyper need effective like a wing four because all of our of wings su- suck.
0: Yeah, or yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see like a wingish type guy with some size that can play small ball four kind of. Um,
1: but I mean, that's what we did all year last year with like uh, you know Naismith and um, right, you know we right. we played guys. A little out of position. We played small. Yeah, played yeah small.
0: exactly. So I don't get it. I don't know who the person is uh, they're trying to.
1: Is, is it's to not it's not Jalen Brown? It. I guess it's. I mean, Jaylen I think it's Jalen Brown. Brown. I think the, we're I think we're trying but, to be like, hey, we're willing to take Jalen Brown's fifty million dollar contract. I think that's what we're saying. We'll give
0: you the seven. But why and, would the why would the Celtics give up Jalen Brown for the number seven? Well, no, pick? we'd also that give up things. No we would
1: give seven. Well, and, sure, and, but what? <laughs> um, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Okay. You know, I think if you start looking at your roster and saying, Jalen Brown is the answer to my question, then I'm willing to give up the seven and other things. You're going to have to give up. <laughs> so we have $25 million of free cap space. That means you have to cover $25 million um, to, to trade, right? So we basically, you wouldn't have to give back $50 million to get him. Um, right, right, right. And Miles Turner makes 20 and you know buddy heels makes 20 you know so like there's you could get one of those guys and then pair him with a young talent or whatever and the seventh pick and say you know here we go you want um you want jalen smith and buddy heel you know and the seventh pick boom you can do that i think is what where we're at i'm not sure that miles turner is on the table anymore um i think they really like what they see with because miles turner is going to make 35 no, million there, no, so no 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 gonna. no so they paid him $35 million last year out of the cap oh, space. yeah, you're right. You're so right, he goes back right, to $20 right, million right. every year. We just basically gave him a bonus last year. Um, so his contract is actually only worth 20 So the other
0: the other names that have been mentioned are like OG Ananobi, okay. Pascal Siakam, okay. like that. Sure. Tier yeah, of guys. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a, 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 you know, uh, we would love an OG back in Indy. Does that, I mean, OG's... A
0: fine player. He's a fine player. He's probably better than the
1: wings that we have Of course. Currently. Of course he is. We've got nice young wings, but none of them are Does all-star caliber. A, would he make us a playoff contender? I, I think if you have a healthy Tyrese Halliburton all season long, we're a playoff contender. Um, I, I okay. honestly believe that um, Halliburton... Um, you know, and and honestly, I think that the franchise has decided that uh, Miles Turner in the, in, at center um, and a Matherin at two, or maybe three. I don't know. Like, you know, they're looking for a wing, so I'm thinking we might want to put a Mathren at two. Um, I think they think that that's enough. I also think the reason that the Jalen Brown
0: thing, our guest I was thrown off the scent by, is I feel like I wouldn't want to bring in anybody that big because i want tyree's a big personality
2: or
1: yeah
0: like he's gonna i mean he would want the ball a lot and he's not exactly a player that just like slides into any offense
1: no but to his credit he's taken the second banana to to you know uh jason tatum um he seems like a really uh you know uh, he seems like a political activist. A good dude. Um, you know, uh, uh, he's been a spokesperson through a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff. Like, he seems like a solid dude, and he just got really hurt by the fact that they kept putting him in trade rumors, just like sure. Miles Turner did. Rightfully so. Uh, and sure. when a franchise commits to you, like we did to Miles Turner, it said, "Hey, look, you're out of the <laughs> well, trade rumors." Something murder. to talk about there. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, I think on some level, I do. I think what the the franchise did. You know, in this last season with Miles Turner is. I don't think he's in trade rumors unless you get something outrageous. And I'm not sure um, Jalen uh, Brown is that. I think he is the right answer to a question we have, which is uh, a very talented wing that has was third uh, team All NBA, who has flirted mm-hmm. with defensive, uh, you know, uh, teams. Um, sure. And I think if you if if you believe that Halliburton is uh, the culture and that you say he's the leader of our team and everybody who comes here is going to play this way. We're going to share the basketball. We're going to cut hard. We're going to do this stuff. I don't think Jalen Brown's a dude that's going to disrupt that. He doesn't strike me as that guy. Okay. F- but but $50 million is too much money in my mind for a guy that... I mean, it just seems like an outrageous amount of money. I, I, I know that this is the new NBA, but like gosh darn is he that good I mean is he worth it I, I don't know I, I, I'm I'm saying it's a risk but I, I think this is the direction the franchise is going I just would <laughs> that price tag is a lot um, totally but imagine that you're you know um, imagine your team is it's got Jalen Brown on it you know like you're a better team <laughs> you're a better team as long as you don't give up too much you know if it's a 7-pick and Buddy healed and some scraps. Um, because Boston can't take the financial hit, so we're kind of relieving them. So, they, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a couple draft picks, you know. We've got a lot this year, and we've got more moving forward. I don't know. You're suddenly a, you know, you're in, I don't know. Does it make you a top-four team?
0: Well, so, all right. I guess I'm confused on Jalen Brown's salary, then. Like is he? So currently he's under contract through the twenty three twenty four season, right? And then you would have to re-sign him. So
1: the deal is, or is extend the, him, right? So this off-season he is eligible for the max extension, and because That's, he made NBA a third team, so starting in twenty twenty four twenty five, he'd be
0: eligible for that. Like right. So basically, it
1: is. would be. It's going to be even more than fifty million at this point. Well, probably. his first year would be fifty. It would go up to sixty something. Um, right, okay. You know, so it's like a $210 million contract over four years or something. Um, right. So this first year, it would be a sign-and-trade situation where you could get him for less than that, but the only way he's, nobody's going to sign for him thinking he's going to walk away. Right, so right, basically, right, exactly. you so Boston would need to ex- sign the extension, and then you would have to eat it. So that first no, year. You want to trade for him so that he demands his way out in three
0: years. Not <laughs> right, in, yeah, Exactly. Years.
1: Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Um, look, I'm 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 not sure. I you know, I think uh, we did we mention I mentioned this a few pods ago and Harper said immediately, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want fifty million dollars worth of Jalen Brown. Uh he was just coming off an eight turnover game in the, you know, NBA uh Eastern Conference Finals, so I get it. You know, it wasn't his best look, but he's a very good basketball player. You know? <laughs>
0: He's a very good basketball player, and I guess I'd be more on board if I were more confident that he wouldn't come in carrying his $210 million contract and expecting to be treated like the one alpha guy on the team because I think that we have something ridiculously special in Tyrese Halliburton, and I want as few... Challenges to that order yeah.
1: <laughs> No and I'm <laughs> with you, you. I, Basically get. I want like two years from now To give Halliburton $50 million. exactly, and and, yes. and and I fit the pieces around him I mean that's where I'm at as well I'm just you know that article came out And immediately I thought of Jalen Brown But like sure, it yeah. also could be Tyler Hero for $30 million A year do you want him Boy. I don't know he can score 30 points a night You know like there, there are guys well, out there
0: Let's talk about the flip side of it then. So the draft is on Thursday, the 22nd. The Pacers have the number seven pick. Who, uh, given availability, would you like to
1: see them draft in this spot? Okay, so I got two guys that I'm super—well, maybe three. I think what we need is a four, and I think we need a defensive-minded four um, because our defense sticks. Uh, It's the reason we didn't make the playoffs. Uh, outside of Halliburton getting sat the the last third of the season because we wanted to get women Yamba. But Taylor Hendricks out of uh, UCF, um, he's a springy athlete uh, with the type of two-way versatility that makes him an ideal fit for any system. So he's the kind of guy that would just kind of fit in, especially with a great point guard. He's got a roll-to-the-rim possibility. Um, He can block shots. Um and um he is six eight. Um he's only nineteen years old. he's got a seven, seven one wingspan. Um but on ball defense, off ball defense, uh hustle, you know, that kind of stuff. His minuses are that he's not received chances to initiate pick and rolls. Come on, I don't care about that. And uh, he's unproven against top college competition because he played on a, a smaller college team. But love this guy. But my pick, the guy I want, is Jerris Walker at number seven. People are starting to suggest that he might go at, like, four or five. Um, he uh, played in Houston. Um, his uh, comp is uh, Larry Johnson. Yeah. Um, he's 6'7". Almost 20 years old, 250 pounds, uh, but a skilled playmaker um, and a defensive uh, wrecking ball. So um, 7'2 wings- wingspan, um, just one of those guys that kind of knows where to be at all times. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of like a Draymond Green type, and hmm. uh, I would love that to be our um, four. He's a guy that's not going to demand the ball. And he's an unproven three-point shooter. But, like, whatever. We can figure that stuff out. So, I'm super in on those two guys. I think that's what this team needs. a defensive-minded four. Um, I think the Jalen Smith experiment uh, fell apart this year. I was ready for him to be the next Dale Davis, um, you know, to always give me 10 and 10, and he didn't do it. And lost his starting spot to small ball guys. Uh, But it sounds like these big fours, have the ability to guard on the perimeter as well. So that's why I would put them uh, on a list of, of teams of somebody to uh, draft. And then the, the consensus, it seems like I've looked over um, several websites. Uh, Cam Whitmore um, as the seven pick for the Indiana Pacers. Um, he's a big wing, right? So he's a, he's a three small ball four. Um, he's six six uh, 19 years old 235 pounds uh, six eight Um just one of those sort of competitors just, you know he's athletic he's got a feel for the game he's gonna pass what what I like about all three of these guys is that they sort of plug into a passing system none of them are elite scorers, uh, but they're all impact guys play defense um, capable of playing perimeter defense and low post defense. Um yeah. So those are my three picks. Yeah.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Those are basically the three guys that I had uh zeroed in on as well for a lot of the same reasons. Uh which probably means we've been doing this podcast together <laughs> too long. Um you know your point about Jalen Smith is well taken. I think in today's NBA it's just hard to put two big guys out there um if neither of them can switch right. onto wings exactly. like it just is you're you're left out to dry well that was our problem happened. with
1: sabonis and and turner as well right like right, exactly. one of them's so. got to be able to switch and if they can't yep. then and 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 uh yeah uh i love uh jalen smith i want him to continue to be on this team we've signed him for several years um, I, I think he'd be a great backup. He played backup center for us at the last half of the season and did admirably. Yeah, play. if he's
0: your backup five, you're in yeah. good shape. I think. But okay. I
1: just, you know, um, you've got to be able to have guys that can go out on the perimeter on these small ball teams. What we've also learned, I think, in the finals is that um, big guys, it, you will end up dealing with size. And if you've got a bunch oh, of for big sure, you got to have it at some point that, that can shoot and pass. You know, you can win an NBA title. So, you know, the more the merrier. Well, even
0: when you get into a situation where, uh, you know, you have the best big guy in the league, you can get in foul trouble like we saw in that one game. And, you know, uh, what's his name? DeAndre Jordan came in and, like, had impactful minutes. They dusted him off and he had a block and, like, played solid minutes. Like, those guys are valuable to have on your team for sure. And for what it's worth, the the ringer has us with the number 26 pick in the first round, which the Pacers also have, uh, drafting Colby Jones out of Xavier. So that would be fun.
1: Oh, you love uh, Xavier. You went to yeah. Xavier. It's true. And I love Colby, just in general. Uh, Jack or just Colby? Colby Jack. Yes. So you said that's uh, our 26 pick? Yep. Um, so here's who I wanted at, at, at 26, and tell me what you think. Okay. Um, Keegan Murray's brother, Chris, Chris. Murray. Gotcha. Um, intelligent uh, player who understands three and D. He, he crushes it from the line, and he also plays, or from the three-point line, also plays defense. Now he is 23 coming into the draft, but uh, six eight uh, with a seven-foot wingspan. Uh, I was I actually wanted to pick up Keegan Murray uh, last season. Um, and I, I think we ended up with the right pick. Keegan Murray was picked right before uh, Matherin. Um, I think it worked out for the Pacers and for Sacramento. But I'd love the idea of getting uh, Keegan Murray's little brother. Or older brother? Probably older brother. Um, older brother. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, uh, just basketball knowledge same family knows what's going on knows how to pass knows how to rebound uh, knows how to play defense um if you could pick him up at uh, 26 i'd be amazing i'm all in on chris murray yeah and if you don't get him at 26 you could get him at 29 which the Pacers also Hey, that, so. all right all right cool <laughs> so all right listen to this uh pritchard i need chris murray got a couple a couple options to hit him up Yep, so draft on Thursday. uh, I'm
0: sure there will be lots of action that we'll have to uh, cover next week. Probably some trades, perhaps an emergency podcast. Who knows? All right, Joe, you got a stat of the week to get us out of here?
2: I do, yeah. We'll just do a a quick one here. Uh, I ran into this one uh, recently here. I I was reading an article about... um, you know something that was kind of near and dear to me growing up you know in school you know when i had a you know when i had something that i was gonna write a paper on you know i always started it the encyclopedia mm-hmm. which is gone away in most you know the, the most of these uh you know the, the same functions are are in uh you know, have made the transition to to the internet. Um, these are on you know, Wikipedia and other other sorts uh, uh, are you know really taking that over. But I found that there's still one company making encyclopedias, and that's it. Which was kind of a bummer. It's like oh, there used to be, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica, and and there was you know there was bunches of them. I think my so, family we, had, we were a World Book family okay well that's the that's the last one standing alright All right. the world nice. so you, you chose still, well you still Triple got a family. shot I wonder if my parents so still I,
0: have I think it was from 1985
2: yeah yeah so if you had one you know I think we ha- I think we had one but yeah I mean you don't you don't you don't buy them every year. You 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 buy one for the family, and and, and that's what you got.
1: Well, so uh, my I would go to my grandparents' house, and um, that entire bookshelf dedicated to the encyclopedia, and I you know I, it was you know A and B and C and all this stuff, and they yeah. bought it monthly or whatever it was. You know they decided okay. that, that information was important to their children, and I just sure. you know, I just remember being blown away by looking at the same encyclopedia that my mother was looking at when she was in elementary school or whatever it was pretty cool
2: (laughs) right yeah so you know some some facts about this the world book you know they they still you know every year they put out a new a new version um the one that i mentioned before encyclopedia britannica Ran until 2012, and they had a run for 244 years.
1: Mm, wow, it's a pretty good run.
2: But it is it's a good run, but it's been out of print for uh, for some time now. Uh, but you can buy the world book, and I checked it on. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, it's like twelve hundred dollars. You know, so or I could just get on it the internet cheap.
1: for free.
2: Well. <laughs> Uh, i mean that's kind of why there's one left not not you know just yeah, not a, a a bustling marketplace well and of, when of these, when but, when
1: power goes out and the internet goes down all we'll have is the
2: you know world book well yeah yeah and, it, and and the author of the story you know is you know probably you know closer to our age a little bit older maybe um and you know sort of nice to have these articles that don't change, you know, that that can't be taken away from you, mm-hmm. you know, when when these things change. But um, you you can also get a uh, you know a subscription. I think this one comes maybe it comes with a subscription, or you can get a subscription to the ver- the same the same information online. But they're, they're, I mean, basically almost all of the sales go to schools and, and you know, public libraries. You know, that's like their, that's who they're, they're mostly selling to. But but it is available for you, uh, you know, to to buy and have on your shelf.
1: Now, Joe, so. this reminds me of, um, I, I think one of the things that spurred the Undegooglables, which is our spinoff podcast, is that when, um, I, I've been a bartender for uh far too long at this point and it was sort of predated maybe not predated the internet but not everybody had the internet at their house and i remember we would mm-hmm. um people would sit around bars and they would talk about something you know i remember there was a guy that would always go home early and he had a he had encyclopedia at the house and he would go okay. home and he would look through his encyclopedia and <laughs> find the answer and then call the bar to tell us that we were all wrong or right yeah yeah, you'd know, have five or six guys arguing about a thing, and he'd be like, I'll be right back. He never came back. He always passed out. But he would go home, he would look up the thing, yeah. and he'd call us. It was always great.
2: Yeah, like I said, when I would write these papers when I was younger, you started the encyclopedia, and then you, to, to get a general idea of the different topics, and then, then you work out from there. And I think it's cool that, that um, you know, th- those are being up, still being up, that sort of level of research is being updated still. And, and, um, so shout out to world book jason uh maybe you can you can continue to be a world book family into the future.
0: uh we'll consider it, it seems a, a waste of <laughs> space and money to me but you know maybe we'll we'll buy some and donate them to a, a local library
1: maybe there you go yeah shout out to libraries uh, i'm glad they still exist oh for sure yeah for support
2: sure. your
1: local library
2: Colson, I think so. Yeah, Jason is talking about doing that. I'm thinking. I'm thinking for you. I think about. I'm thinking about buying uh, and sh- and sending out to you a printed copy of Chat GPT. Mm, okay, Put cool. Put that on your yeah, shelf. You
1: can get that in the mail right away. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, it'll be twelve hundred dollars in shipping. <laughs> but uh... no, yeah.
1: no, no. It'll be like per month, ten dollars shipping. <laughs> we'll just have to pay somebody to pee in a bottle or whatever to bring it to me. That's how we do things now, right? I I, I just don't. I, all I, I know is that I order something and it shows up the next day, and I assume that I've made someone pee in a bottle to get it to me. That's what I assume.
2: I see. Okay, this was this is this is involving the the drivers of the.
1: Yeah, or the people at the, in the warehouses. I don't know. Everybody pees in bottles to get me stuff so quickly. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. We live in a crazy world.
2: I wish there was an option when you were getting stuff shipped to be like. You know, there's just, like, another slot that said, like, no, dude, take your time. Yeah, take it'll take be, a couple it, days. Right.
1: Take an extra 15 minutes. Like, it'll be fine. Because
2: I feel like the way they do it instead is it's, like, they're, like, you want it tomorrow? I was, like, no, I don't need it tomorrow. Like, like whenever is convenient uh, you for you. Want you. To <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, do you tonight? Yeah. Do you need not, it in the next you, 30 minutes? <laughs> you know, and I'm, like, you know what? Like, if those, if the, I'd be willing to pay a little bit more and... Oh. Uh, get it a little bit later if those people could just chill a See, little this bit, is the know, this like...
1: is the next great scam by the rich they'll say would you like to pay a little bit more to make sure that your deliverer doesn't suffer and then they'll just take it off yeah, the I top that's mean... what they'll do <laughs> well, no you'll I, I feel I better to to those... but they'll make more money man
2: no, i wanted to go to those people though. yeah the rich but... get richer buddy yeah all right, team. Well, I think that covers it for this week. I'm excited. we got the draft coming up if we talked about. So, you know, if something gets crazy, maybe we'll have an emergency show. Otherwise, uh, we'll be back with you uh, in the near future. Until then, you can hit us up on the social medias. We are on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website is theunbeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. And the bots out there—that's where you send spam to us, and I delete it. Email shout out at theunbeatables.com, and at the website slash store, we got a medium T-shirt up your alley.
1: Uh, for the architect, Donny Walsh, who has shepherded us through many, many uh, a draft, and the. Uh, Hall of Fame coach Bobby St. Clairnard.
0: Turn
1: out the lights. the party is over. Touching. That was my Touching that was my stuff. hopeful wish to 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 uh, inspire. Our guides through the draft, you know, I, I want Pritchard to 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 find solace and know the right answers.
0: Interesting. I thought it was like in the in the vein of a the beginning of a horror movie. Oh,
1: no. I did do a couple <laughs> off notes there, but I think that was just my inability to sing correctly. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It,
2: it. yeah. Okay. No, I assumed that it was everything you do is intentional. You're a master of your craft. What are you talking about? Very
1: very kind of you to say. I might have done it on purpose. You might have. But you'll never know.
2: Uh Uh-huh.